0: This is the Fantasy Football Podcast where we take data and convert it into fantasy success. No bias, no hot takes, only victory. This is the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast, and now your host, Dustin Chandry. Welcome to episode 42 of the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast, I'm your host Dustin Shandry. For today's episode, we will be looking at key observations and trends from around the league in week 11. Before we get started, I want to remind you, you can follow and interact with the show on Twitter. We are at FFAlchemistPod, now verified again, it is at FFAlchemistPod. You can also email the show at FantasyAlchemistPodcast at gmail.com. Let's start with the Thursday night game and the fallout of some major injuries. First, the Ravens lost Mark Andrews for the season due to an ankle injury. Isaiah Likely will now fill in as the starter, and he performed well last year in two spot starts without Andrews. In fact, both those games, Isaiah Likely went over 20 fantasy points, but keep in mind in both of those contests, The Ravens also did not have, say, Flowers or Odell Beckham or Rashad Bateman healthy or most of their running back unit intact either in either of those contests. Please keep in mind that Isaiah likely is not going to be a one-for-one replacement for Mark Andrews in fantasy. However, the one player I am most interested in going forward is Odell Beckham Jr. His per-snap numbers are very good, but the problem is, is that he's just not playing enough snaps. Right, He's been below 50% snap participation now in three straight games, and his last two, he's only played 33%. Right? He's Right, been on the field for one out of three plays. In fact, on Thursday night, Beckham was fourth out of the wide receiver unit in snaps played behind Zay Flowers, Rashad Bateman, and Nelson Aguilar. All those guys played more snaps than OBJ. However, Beckham had the most targets on the team on Thursday night, with 7 targets on only 17 routes run. That was a target per route run rate exceeding 40%, which is exceptional. Now, I'm not rushing to start OBJ in my Week 12 lineup, but if anyone does break out from this team down the stretch, I would bank on Beckham. Now, on the flip side, I've been banking against Gus Edwards for weeks now, and and he keeps proving me wrong. He had another 21 fantasy points on Thursday, boosted by 2 rushing touchdowns that now marks nine rushing touchdowns in his last five games, which has made Gus Edwards the running back 11 right now in total scoring on the season. And every week he continues to defy the odds given his playing time, but the Ravens have been consistently good on offense. They are producing a lot of red zone opportunities and Edwards has a near lock on that role. Now, the only instance that this reminds me of last year was Jamal Williams in Detroit. Of course, Williams played roughly 50% of snaps. He was splitting snaps with DeAndre Swift, but he still totaled 17 rushing touchdowns on the season. However, like I said, Williams was playing roughly 50-50 snaps with Swift. In this case, Edwards, in this run with Baltimore, he's much closer to a 40-30-30 split with Justice Hill and Keaton Edwards. Now, I keep expecting the Gus bus to stall out, but it hasn't happened in over a month, So I guess just keep riding the touchdown wave in week 12. And then, of course, you had the Cincinnati Bengals who lost Joe Burrow for this season with a wrist injury, and it looks like their season really is on the brink now with backup Jake Browning taking over. Browning went undrafted in the 2019 NFL Draft. He has never started an NFL game, but he will start his first in week 12 against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, there's no doubt this is a massive downgrade for the entire Bengals offense, especially for Jamar Chase. On top of that, I would expect T. Higgins to be back in the lineup in, in Week 12 as well. And for this upcoming week, Chase is the only receiving option on this team that I'm still okay with in my lineup, and that's, that's based entirely just on his talent and his snap and route volume. But without Burrow, his ceiling is certainly capped. Now, I would continue to start Joe Mixon as he has scored double-digit fantasy points in four straight games coming out of their bye week. Mixon is averaging almost 18 fantasy points per game since week 8. Now his efficiency will probably decline with Burrow out, but I think his opportunity should remain constant, if not slightly increased, with Jake Browning taking over. And speaking of the Pittsburgh Steelers, they finally fired offensive coordinator Matt Canada yesterday and that move I think is a few weeks too late, but still better late than never. Now, what's shocking on Sunday is that Deontay Johnson hit 32% target share, which is very good, but he failed to score four PPR points for a second straight week. Now, that's the first time that he has been below four points in back-to-back games in his career that's not injury-related. And Kenny Pickett has just been bad this year, but he's just been egregiously bad the last two weeks. Case in point, Deontay Johnson has a catch rate of 25% on 12 targets over the last two weeks. George Pickens hasn't even hit 10 PPR points in four consecutive games. And then you look at the split between Jalen Warren and Najee Harris. They continue to split snaps pretty evenly, even though Warren has been the far superior back. On Sunday, Harris outsnapped Warren 33-26, and he had one more total opportunity, 13-12. Jalen Warren had 129 rushing yards on Sunday on only nine carries, and Najee Harris has only hit that mark once in his career. And since week 8, Warren has a yards per carry of almost 8.5 compared to 3.9 for Harris, even though Harris has 11 more carries and 2 less targets, so 9 more opportunities in that span. On top of that, Harris is still getting slightly more work and still gets the valuable red zone carries. So Harris has 100% of carries inside of the 10-yard line over the last month. Now, I'm waiting to see kind of what happens with the change at offensive coordinator, But Kenny Pickett is still the starting quarterback, and I expect this backfield still to be a split. Maybe Warren can get closer to a 60-40 majority than the losing 55-45 that he is right now, but I still don't expect anything drastic to happen in the backfield. I would be very cautious about starting any Steelers in my lineup in Week 12, given the overall woeful offensive performance of the last two weeks. And last week's Don't Be Afraid to Start Him episode I targeted both Justin Fields and DJ Moore, right? Justin Fields was ranked outside the top 10 at quarterback and DJ Moore was ranked outside the top 20 at wide receiver. And they both delivered for fantasy on Sunday. First Justin Fields in his return, he ran the ball 18 times on Sunday. That is the most from any quarterback this season. And it's the most rushing attempts from a quarterback since November of last year when it was Justin Fields who also had 18 rush attempts uh, last season. Now excluding his first career start, Justin Fields has 12 games with at least 10 rushing attempts. In those games, he went over 20 fantasy points in eight of those 12 instances with an average of 24 points. Fields should be an automatic top 10 ranked quarterback every week for the remainder of the season. Now with Justin Fields back, receiver DJ Moore, he saw a 41% target share, that was his season high. He also finished as a top 20 wide receiver for the first time since his huge blow-up game against Washington in Week 5. And since Week 2, in games started and finished by Justin Fields, Moore has a 30% target share, 55% of the team's receiving yards, with a yards per target of almost 15 yards per target, and a catch rate near 80%, which is very good considering his average depth of target. In total, Moore is averaging over 25 fantasy points per game with Fields since Week 2. I would continue to lock both fields and more into my starting lineups for the foreseeable future. Kyler Murray, in his second start back this year, looked like he was back to his career form for fantasy purposes. His completion percentage was back in line with his career average in his second start this season. He was 20 for 30 passing for 214 yards. He added another 51 yards rushing on seven carries. He had two total touchdowns, one passing, one rushing. He had almost 23 fantasy points. I think Murray should be an automatic top 10 quarterback, potentially closer to the top five ranking for the rest of the season. Now, while Kyler Murray is kind of living up to what I expected from a fantasy standpoint, his receiver Marquise Brown is not. Surprisingly, Marquise Brown has really struggled the last two games. Let's let's take a look at Marquise Brown, his, his games this year without Kyler Murray. He was averaging eight and a half targets per game, almost 50 receiving yards. He was averaging 12 and a half PPR points per game, but in the two-game sample with Kyler Murray in the last two weeks, his target count, only four targets per game, 23 receiving yards, only three and a half points per game, right? His target share in the last two games with Kyler back is only 13%, which is really surprising because last year in his first six games when Hopkins was suspended and obviously Kyler was at quarterback, Hollywood Brown had a target share of 24%, twice as high as his target share right now. In that two-game sample this year with Kyler. Now, I do expect some regression to come given his poor catch rate, but this is a concerning early trend that I did not expect. Now, the last thing I'll say on the Cardinals too is that Trey McBride, since he took over as the full-time starting tight end with Zach Ertz on IR, McBride is leading the Cardinals with a nearly 30% target share and is accounting for almost 40% of the team's receiving yardage. He's averaging over 15 fantasy points per game over a solid four-game sample, and that includes the week that Clayton Toon started. If you remove that week, McBride is averaging over 18 points per game. I was very optimistic about Trey McBride many weeks ago, but he is absolutely exceeding even my high expectations. There's real cause for concern for King Henry. Titans running back Derrick Henry has now scored fewer than six PPR points three times this season including the last two weeks three of 10 games this year he has been below six points now he scored fewer than six ppr points in a game three times from 2019 2020 21 and 22 combined right that's a four years derrick henry scored less than six points three times over a four-year sample He's now done that three times this year over a 10-game sample. Henry is increasingly looking like a touchdown-dependent running back for fantasy. In six games this year without a touchdown, he averages only 8.3 points. In four games where he does score a touchdown, he averages 20.3. Now, the Titans do have a strong closing schedule with opponents who rank poorly against opposing running backs, but he will need more than the 12 opportunities a game that he has had in back-to-back games to be successful. The Houston Texans continue to impress and are likely the fantasy goldmine this year, considering where all these players were drafted and were valued at the start of the season. And while they have been great all year, let's just focus on the last three-week sample from weeks nine to 11. C.J. Stroud has been the second-best quarterback for fantasy over the last three weeks. He's quarterback two, averaging 27 points per game. Devin Singletary is running back 13 on a points per game basis averaging almost 16 points per game. He has back-to-back games over 20. Devin Singletary has been a bell cow the last 3 weeks without Damian Pierce. He played over 85% of Houston snaps on Sunday. He handled 92% of the team's running back rushes and you and if you look at his running back rush share over that 3 game sample without Pierce in the lineup, it goes 93%, 100%, 92%. You look at the receiver, Tank Dell, the rookie. He is wide receiver four over, the, over that three-game sample. He has almost 11.5 targets per game. He is nearly a 30% target share. He scored four touchdowns. He's averaging 25.8 PPR points per game. That is truly elite production for a rookie wide receiver. And then not to be outdone, Dalton Schultz is tied in three, averaging almost 17 points per game. Now, I don't even think it's an argument, but... The Houston Texans have been the best offense for fantasy football in the last month. Lions running back Jameer Gibbs outsnapped David Montgomery on Sunday 33-24, and that now marks two straight games where Gibbs has done that. Jameer Gibbs has averaged an 18% target share per game over his last five, and his target share over the last two with Montgomery back has been 16% and 19%. Gibbs has been one of the best running back target shares in the league, even with Montgomery, Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Sam Laporta, right? He has a lot of guys to compete with, and he is still commanding a very high target share. By the way, even though Jamison Williams scored, he's actually failed to hit 10% target share in each of his last three games. However, let's focus back on the running back unit, because David Montgomery has been great, too. Montgomery has scored 18 fantasy points in back-to-back games, including a rushing touchdown in each. And over the last two weeks, since Montgomery returned to join Gibbs in that Detroit backfield, Gibbs is running back two in that that two-game sample, right? He's the second-best running back in the league for fantasy points. David Montgomery is running back 10, right? They have two top 10 running backs for fantasy. We should have high confidence to start both players in Week 12 and going forward. Brian Robinson led the Commanders with nine targets on Sunday. His 21% target share is not only the highest of his season, but it's the first time he's even been over 15% in his career. Now, of course, Antonio Gibson was not playing. In total, Brian Robinson had 26 total opportunities. He has 17 carries plus 9 targets. He scored 19 fantasy points without a touchdown. Now, I'm not sure how long Gibson will remain out, but Robinson should be ranked as a borderline top 10 running back as long as Gibson remains out of the lineup. Buccaneers running back Rashad White was a guy I really liked earlier in the year when he was struggling. I liked him for fantasy because of his high snap rate and his high route involvement, and it felt like a matter of time before it turned into fantasy production. Now, since week seven, over his last five games, Rashad White is running back five in points per game at 17.3 points. He's averaging over five targets a game in that stretch, and he has caught 25 of 27 targets. That's a 93% catch rate. He also has a touchdown in three straight games. I would continue to value White as a running back two in your lineup for the remainder of the season. Jets wide receiver Garrett Wilson had a nearly 30% target share on Sunday, yet he scored 0.9 PPR points. He caught two of eight targets for nine yards with a lost fumble, which is why he finished with less than a point. Now, that's the second time this year that a wide receiver had a 25% target share, but failed to score at least one point. T. Higgins was the other in week one, but T. Higgins didn't obviously have a catch in that game. Now, the Jets are making a move at quarterback to Tim Boyle, And at best, I think this is a parallel move, but I still think it's actually likely a downgrade from Zach Wilson, as crazy as that sounds. Boyle is a career 60% completion passer with a yards per attempt of five yards. Sadly, I don't expect much of a difference for Garrett Wilson with the change at quarterback. And then the last item today, I want to talk about Puka Nakua of the Los Angeles Rams, because he has yet to have a game this year where he has been below 20% target share. He's one of five wide receivers this year who, in all 10 games, has been above 20% target share. That includes Michael Pittman, Garrett Wilson, Keenan Allen, DeAndre Hopkins, and Puka Nakua. Now, Puka has cooled a little bit since his white hot start, but I think he should remain a top 20 ranked wide receiver on the weekly rankings and in your starting lineups as long as Matthew Stafford is at quarterback. So that'll wrap up episode 42. We'll be back with another episode. We'll try and drop that tomorrow. Uh, We'll look at players that you should not be afraid to start heading into week 12. And then, of course, we'll be back with three episodes next week. Waiver wires, key observations and trends, and players you should not be afraid to start. So for Dustin Chandry, signing off here at the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Alchemist Podcast. You can follow the pod on Twitter at FFAlchemistPod or email us at FantasyAlchemistPodcast at gmail.com.